So it sounds like the source code for Grand Theft Auto got stolen somewhat appropriately. I don't know anything about Grand Theft Auto, but that probably means it's a big story. Indeed. I'm in the same camp. I am not a gamer. Adam, I know you don't play this game. You just said you didn't. Travis? What's the, what's the story, Travis? It's one of the biggest franchises right now in uh, video games, and there's a new one that's supposed to be coming out fairly soon called Grand Theft Auto 6. And it sounds like, yeah, the company got compromised through pretty conventional means. Uh, it sounds like it may have been just social engineering. But what they did was they stole all the source code for this upcoming game release. And they've been releasing little bits of it piecemeal to kind of not just uh, extort the company, but to spoil the game for folks who are looking forward to it. Remember when there was a production company that got compromised and they were they were leaking parts of Orange and the New Black? And I think they even threatened to leak some of Game of Thrones. Yeah, that's right. So it's the same thing. I mean, so is that what I'm missing in the gaming world? It's just another TV show or movie that you're you get to play a part in? Kind of? Kind of. I think one of the main things is that um, a lot of the technologies behind these games are something that they spend a lot of time developing in-house. And so if that source code gets released into the wild, that means that other people can take a look at it, maybe steal it, maybe leak it, maybe sell it to a competitor. But this isn't the days of like when, you know, uh, something came out here, it would come out simultaneously in a country with laxer IP laws. Is it? People aren't going to pirate it. They're probably not going to pirate it because it isn't completed. I think the damage is a lot more uh, public relations based. So in other words, they're not trying to extort money to stop the flow? Uh, it sounds like they actually are. The uh, The hackers responsible there are trying to extort money from it. I think one of the main things about it is it's more of just the loss of uh, intellectual property and um, having something that they wanted to be able to do some huge announcement about and all that and uh, kind of get people excited to buy the game on the basis of things that people don't really know about it. So if, if it's sort of just saying, like, we're going to spoil your game for you. Could it have been a competitor? I'd be surprised, actually. Yeah, come on. This isn't the 70s, Adam. There was a, uh, there's another studio that uh, lost the, the um, source code, or at least had the uh, source code compromised for a game called The Witcher. Mm -hmm. uh, and it was a similar thing where people just went online and said that they were going to uh, sell it to the highest bidder. This is another object lesson in why entertainment companies in particular have to get their cyber game face on and get everything going the right way. Yeah, because if they don't, their stuff is going to be in the wind and they're not going to be as entertaining. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, exactly. And I'm looking forward to the game. I don't know if I can play it with uh, kids in the house, unfortunately, because they tend to be pretty violent. But, you know. The kids tend to be violent? Well, I mean, yes. That's why I try to keep them away from violent games. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to What the Hack, a show about hackers, scammers, and the people they go after. I'm Adam, a cyber non-gamer. I'm Bo, cyber tattoo on the inside of your thigh. And I'm Travis, and I'm cyber trying not to picture a tattoo on the inside of Bo's thigh. <laughs> I'm with you on that, buddy. <laughs> Today we're talking to life hacker, travel expert, and host of the podcast, All the Hacks. Please welcome Chris Hutchins. So, Bo and Adam, you guys know I'm a bit of a uh, privacy geek, if you will. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you are. Yeah, totally. I, I really just don't like the idea that just about anyone can find you online, can find out where you live or your email address, or your phone number or anything. I just think that entire idea is super creepy. There's so much of my data already out there, but is there something that you can do? 
Yeah, actually, you can use Delete Me. Delete Me is a service that pretty much does the heavy lifting for you, where they go to all the data brokers that they have on file and uh, just pull your data and delete it on a regular basis. I use it. I like it. And they make it quick, easy, and safe to remove your personal data online. Well, yeah, with these data brokers, they can accumulate huge amounts of your personally identifiable information. And if all that information gets into the hands of a bad actor, that opens you up to a lot of risk. And if you act now, you can get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com slash WTH and use promo code WTH. The only way to get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash WTH and enter promo code WTH at checkout. That's joindeleteme.com slash WTH, promo code WTH, which stands for What the Hack. And we thank you for supporting Delete Me and What the Hack. So here's the deal. I use Yahoo Finance. I use it to make money because it works, not just because they're a sponsor of the show. Heck, I've been using them for years before they ever called to become a sponsor. I do a lot of investing and I need to make split second financial decisions. And that's where Yahoo Finance comes in. I trade stocks and I trade options and you can't trade them in a vacuum. You've got to know what's going on. Yahoo Finance gives you the opportunity to look at the whole picture. I mean, breaking news, editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts. I love the customizable charts. They have it all. At Yahoo Finance, I'm part of a community of over 90 million users. You heard me. 90 million folks use Yahoo Finance because they're helping you on your way to financial success. Visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination. That's yahoofinance.com, yahoofinance.com. So, Chris, where are you coming to us from right now? I am in the Bay Area in California. Keep it vague. The Bay yeah. Area. What do you want? You want my address? Yeah. Phone number, social security drop a, number. Drop a pen to us if you would too. Yeah, please. Yeah, yeah. Names of your pets. And also, while you're at it, send me the codes for a couple gift cards. Yeah. Well, actually, if you could ship some frequent flyer miles in our direction, that'd be great. But anyway, so like you're a life hacker, which is fascinating stuff. Now, is this something you share with your wife or is this your own thing or was it her thing that became your thing or i think I, i've brought her over to the dark side um since we started at the beginning she's like you're a little crazy and then i think we took one vacation it was free and she was like oh like there's a way to take a free vacation what else can we do if we save money and and take advantage of these crazy things and now she's the one now hold on yeah you took a free vacation yeah lots of free vacations, dude what, what are, i don't understand how okay, what are paid vacations what one. are paid vacations Na i I don't even believe you. So, what, all right, what what are we talking about? Did you just go like next door to your neighbor's house and take care of their cat? No, no, no. We've done them all over. We just went well, last year or this year. I'm lose track of time because we have two kids. Uh, we went to Bora Bora. That was a good what? one. What? Uh, Free? Well, Free? there's a little opportunity cost. So instead of earning cash back, I'm earning points and then using the points to take a free vacation and maybe paying like, you know, $5 and 60 cents in taxes and fees on each flight. Okay. So this is our brand new friend. Yes. We love it. <laughs> when you do it based on points, it's actually better than dollars, right? Oh, for sure. Yeah. I think in, in the best possible redemptions I've ever had, uh, our honeymoon, we went to the Seychelles and we, we got our points to be worth about 10 cents a point. And if you figure, if you're really optimizing, right, you know, if you're using the right cards and the right 
you know, order when you're buying the right thing, you can probably get two to four points per dollar. So maybe you're getting, if you're getting 10 cents and three points per dollar, it's like getting 30% cash back, which, you know, the best cash back card is like, 2%. oh, yeah. So N- now you can use these points to get a hotel too. Yeah. So we used them to stay at the St. Regis in Bora wow. Bora, uh, wow. which I would highly recommend. You got that overwater bungalow. I feel like we're in the wrong industry here. Yeah. <laughs> so, so you're a life hacker. And, and what does a life hacker do when they're not getting free vacations? Yeah. So for some reason, every time I approach something, I'm like, there has to be a better way to do this. And the advice anyone gives me, you know, I just assume is maybe not correct. It's not that I think people are all wrong. It's just, I want to validate it myself. And so, you know, when I was starting a podcast, it was like, let's go figure out everything there is to learn and go as deep as possible. But it happens everywhere. You know, we, we first had two kids and well, we didn't have them at the same time, but now we have two kids and we're like, we don't have the time to cook. So I just thought, okay, maybe I'll post something on Craigslist and find someone that lives nearby that wants to cook in their kitchen and bring us food. And it turns out that if you're not hiring a professional service, it's really inexpensive. So I don't know, it really spans across every area of my life, just trying to find the way to optimize your money, your travel, your life, your happiness, your career. It doesn't really matter what it is. I just want to figure out a a better way. What is the most curious life hack you ever did? When you look back on it, you go, how the heck did I do that? So, you know, like we talked about, points are super valuable. So how do you get more points? So if you've ever stayed at a hotel, this is one of my favorites. um, And they say, hey, if you don't want housekeeping, you know, you can get a few extra points per night if you decline the housekeeping. But I also would like, you know, to have a, a clean room. So every time I travel, I just get two queen beds so that I sleep on one for two nights. And then I switch to the other one the next two nights. So I'm still getting the clean bed, but I'm also getting the points. That is a hack. That is a hack. That's a hack of a lot. I'm telling you, I like it. I did something, I did something a little different recently at a hotel, which was, um, surprising to me, but there, there actually was a ring around the tub when I checked in Mm -hmm. and rather than report it, I, in the morning said, by the way, I really wanted a bath last night and there was a ring around the tub and um, I don't want to bother you. I took a video. I could just send it to the Ramada if you want. And they were like, no, 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 no. <laughs> no, we'd like to set you up in the presidential it's suite, a, sir. It's a little, That's more blackmail a, than a hack, I think. But yeah. It's a little, it was a little different. Like I actually felt like it wasn't a life hack. It was more of a hack, like a criminal hack, but they did give me the room for half off. Well, yeah, but if you report it in advance, they're going to transfer you to some other room and you got to pack your bag and then it becomes an ink. Which is why I didn't do that yeah that's why now, I if you like, want to mm. if you want to take a bath it's you know you might have to do that but i'm a big fan of you know if something's wrong i don't like to try to just be a horrible person but it's like look this thing's broken i paid for it like well, you want to talk about fix it or no, that's or how i did it i was not i was nice about it i was horrible on the financial front i was like you know but i feel like there should be some consideration here points had i known about the point angle i would have been like or you could just give me twenty thousand points i've that happened to me when i was just graduated college, I stayed at the W Hotel in New York. And the bed, I was like, this is the most uncomfortable bed ever. But you don't really find that out until you go to bed. And when you're about to go to bed, you're like, the last thing I want to do is march down to the lobby and be like, hey. So the next morning, they were like, I don't know, our beds, we have these heavenly beds. They're they're all great. And I I made the person come and lie on the bed. And they were like, (laughs) something is broken with this bed. They're like, this is not correct. And they gave me enough points. uh, And it was like a work stay. And they gave me enough points that I, I could stay basically like in any Starwood hotel in the world for a 
night, and I was like, I felt like I'd won the lottery. That was that was a that was a good one. That put you in the hell bed as opposed to heaven bed. That's for sure. I got one that you guys will like. It's a little technical. Um, you, you're trying to book a house, right? You're going to Mexico with your family, and you find this villa that you can rent on Airbnb. But Airbnb now, gosh, you know, like $500 cleaning fee, service fee, like it's expensive. So you take the picture that you think most represents the, the property, save it to your computer, go to Google image search and do a reverse image search for the picture. And I wouldn't say this works all the time in the US, but internationally, there's like three or four sites that rent homes and almost all of them have less fees than Airbnb. And some of them are directly from the property owner. And so you can actually reverse image search and you're able to find the exact place to rent from somewhere else. And I've had people save 20, 30% just doing that. Doesn't that open you up to uh, scams though? By what, why would, oh, if you booked direct with them, maybe you're booking from not the real owner, you mean? And as right, opposed to the, you don't exactly. get the Airbnb, you don't get the Airbnb protections. Yeah. Yeah, some of those sites might, yes, in, in the case, sometimes it's like, oh, you just found it on VRBO or something and it's 10% less. Or you found it on like luxury homes for rent and you can do a little bit of homework to be like, oh, that's actually a real site. But yes, one time I did rent a place and it wasn't a scam, but I did rent a place in Puerto Vallarta and like I found the owner and it was like 20 or 30% off. But the only way to pay was like to wire the owner money. And I was like, I was like, I felt like there was at least some percentage likelihood that this wasn't the owner and I was just wiring money off into oblivion. But it turns out it was and it all worked out. Nice. I mean, yeah, that is something we've uh, told our listeners before, though, that if uh, you're ever renting something from uh, Airbnb or VRBO and the host says like, hey, let's do business outside of this uh, app, that that's usually a pretty big red flag ultimately. So, yeah. But when you say I'm going to a different app looking for a better deal, that's not the same. That's a different. That's a different category of smart. So look, you know, obviously you think a lot differently than than other people when it comes to trying to find the angle, which is absolutely awesome. But th does this play into how you approach cybersecurity or staying safe? Yeah, I mean, uh, we had a talk, Adam and I, on my show, All the Hacks. We both have the hacks in the podcast name. Uh, and we talked about it. And it sent me down this crazy rabbit hole of, wow, I got a lot of tips from you. And then I went said, I got to go figure everything out. And so I w spent hours, maybe a few dozen hours, going deep, deeper than I had already gone. So it was like, I, I'd probably, I don't know, locked things down pretty decently well and then said i'm just gonna go further and went through the rabbit hole of you know removing yourself from all the data broker sites and uh you know using the google outs outdated content tool and everything so i i think my curiosity around figuring all the optimizations out has certainly played into trying to find all the ways to optimize being safe uh with my finances with my family online all those things but Chris, that wasn't always the case, right? Wasn't there an issue you had with protecting your points? Yeah, and, and in my research, I realized that I'd, I'd kind of mixed the stories up. I thought they were one. It turns out I've had three, I guess, like attacks or assaults on my frequent flyer miles or credit card points in my time. So uh, over how many years? Uh, I think the first one was in 2017, then 2019, and then I think 2020. Now I'm going to tell you, a very fake number. I have 10 points right now. <laughs> I have way more than 10 points. But anyway, don't hack me because I need them. Um, now, 
if if are we talking in your case about millions of points, hundreds of thousands of points? How do you where wh- where are you in point land? Yes. So I guess the history of this was in 2017. It was just you know a, a small thing. I, I had not been public about anything in my life about points. But in 2019, I did this interview with CNBC where I talked about uh, how, how how I racked up over 10 million points. That that's a number. That's a number. Yeah. Now, 10 million points in real dollars because it's like a few cents a point. That's still yeah. a ton of money. Yeah. So I I track my points as like a net worth, which is you know it's it's six figure net worth of points. Uh, oh, you're in the millions of dollars. No, 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 six sorry. figure, six figure. I, I wish. Do you know, one thing that's very true about me is I can't do math. No, no none. Matt Bo is, uh, <laughs> you want to get the wrong number? He's your guy. Okay. So, so, okay, so you have six figures worth of, of points. No, no, no. So in 2017, it was just, I logged into my JetBlue account, and I was like, hmm, I thought I had more points here. And then I looked, and I was like, hmm, I definitely didn't book a ticket from Santa Domingo to Boston, and I definitely didn't book a ticket from San Juan, Puerto Rico to Orlando. Uh, and I looked down, I was like, hmm, how did this happen? Called JetBlue, and they couldn't give me a single explanation. They just said, and, and I looked at my email, I'd never gotten a single confirmation. My email address on the account was still my email address. So through a conversation, I came to the conclusion that somebody had called in, managed to pretend to be me, book a, a flight, but managed to get them to send the confirmation to someone else, so I never even knew about it, and logged in and only Three months later from the first flight, found out, oh, someone has actually used my points. And credit to JetBlue, they very generously refunded the points under the requirement that I change my email address. I have to use a new email address for my JetBlue account, not the one that was hacked, even though it was fairly certain because they hadn't changed a password or done anything online that they didn't use my email to hack it. But their requirement was change your email address. Not add extra security, not do anything, just change your email. Not even uh, change your password? Um, I guess I probably had to change my password, but I'd, I'm fairly certain that this was not done through email. Because if you wanted to take over, if you had my email and password, then like you should probably try to change my password and lock me out of the account or something. Um, but... And I think anything you book online automatically gets sent to the person. So I don't know exactly all the details, but thank you, JetBlue, for resuming, returning those points. Uh, And, you know, that was kind of it. I hadn't thought about it until two years later when it was just, you know, a barrage of craziness. Let's talk about weight loss. Most of us have been there, struggling with the ups and downs. You lose some weight, then it creeps back. But forget those endless cycles of juice cleanses, soup diets, and the latest fad workouts. There's a better way. The Rope Body Program pairs a weekly weight loss shot with a real lifestyle change so you can lose weight and actually keep it off. Need support? Rope's got you covered every step of the way. And guess what? You can do it all from the comfort of your own home. No more doctor's appointments, no more waiting rooms. It's that simple. Ready to take charge of your weight? Head over to row.co slash Adam to sign up today. Average weight loss is 15 to 20% in a year. That's with healthy lifestyle changes. BMI and other eligibility criteria apply. Go to row.co slash Adam. Sign up today and you'll pay just $99 for your first month and $145 after that. 
Medication costs are separate. That's ro.co slash A-D-A-M. This spring, get out there, enjoy the weather, and recapture the magic of riding a bike with electric e-bike. With an amazing variety of models built for riders of all abilities, it's never been easier to fall in love with riding again. Plus, every electric e-bike ships free and only requires quick, toolless assembly. This is my first ever e-bike, and the experience has just been great. I was a little bit intimidated at first because I hadn't gone biking in a while, but the 500-watt motor that the electric e-bike comes with really gives you a nice little boost, especially if you're trying to go uphill or pick up some speed. Data shows that e-bike riders take their bike out more often. That means you get more exercise, more exploration, and wait for it, fresh air. And riding an e-bike isn't like, it's not cheating. It's just making it possible for you to be out there longer on each ride. And speaking of things going a little slower, you can finance an electric e-bike for as little as $49 a month. Get into spring with electric e-bikes, the number one selling e-bikes in the nation. Get your adventure started at electricebikes.com. And please mention that What the Hack with Adam Levin sent you in the post-checkout survey. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C ebikes.com Two thousand nineteen, about three days after this article came out about how I racked up over ten million points. I was in San Diego and then my phone rings and it's like, hi, this is Amex. We're just trying to confirm your identity. And I was like, Well, thank you. I was like, no, I'm not trying to do anything. And they're like, Are you sure? I'm on the phone with someone pretending to be you. And I was like, well, obviously it's it's not me because you have me here. You, know, you have these weird calls where they're on the phone with me. But they're like, but I, I, the person on the other line says they're you, but they don't sound like you. And I'm like, that's probably because they're not me. Um, and then like 20 minutes later, I get another call from Chase and they're trying to do the same thing. And then I got a call from the actual person and was like, hey, this is Amex. And it was like kind of someone whose English wasn't their first language. Uh, and I was like, I, I know this is not Amex. I'm actually on the other line with Amex. And it was an hour and or two where I was just constantly getting phone calls and trying to call back. And Amex probably called me four times. They're like, are you sure this isn't you this time? I could kind of figure out who was Amex. And, and they weren't asking. Amex was not asking me for any information. Uh, whereas the the fake Amex was like, oh, I need your social security number and I need your password and all this stuff. But so clearly they didn't change your phone number if you got you got hacked, but they weren't able to change your phone. They number. were not able to change my phone number. So Amex was trying to validate that it was me by calling me because it set off a red flag there. They were like, this doesn't seem like you. And so I was appreciative there. You know, I got the, the we able to stop it, but it was just like constant all day. And, you know, I'd already at that point, I think, changed my mother's maiden name to something that isn't my mother's maiden. Name. Excellent. Excellent uh, thing. So I had done that. Later, I found out, unfortunately, that I called and I said, hey, you know, here's this string. And the person on the phone, I can't remember if it was Chase or Amex, says, well, it doesn't really matter what the string is. I'm only going to put in the first three letters. <laughs> so I was a little let down that uh, the mother's maiden name security at one of the financial institutions seemingly only needed the first three letters. So you could have a 47-character string of numbers and letters, but they kind of cut me off and said, no, 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 we just need the first three. And did any of them ever end up getting through at all, or did you manage to uh, fend it all off? I fended it all off. I thought I was good. And then uh, about nine months later in 2020, I got this, I can't remember if it was an email or a push notification that was kind of like, thank you for your order. And I was like, what? I log in and I'm like looking at Chase and it's like, hmm, someone just bought a MacBook and an iPhone uh, using 462,000 Chase points. 
No, not, and that was real. That was not that, a phishing email. That was not a phishing email. I immediately called Chase. I didn't try to click anything. I just called Chase and said, hey, do you see this here? Um, I actually, I logged into the Chase app actually and saw the redemption, saw the points gone. So I called Chase and they said, this seems like, uh, I was like, this is a scam. You should cancel this and let's figure out how we can prevent this from happening. And they were like, we can't cancel it, but we can give you the points back. And I was like, you don't want to, what do I do? And they're like, well, it's going to get sent back to you. So you should return it, I guess. And I was like, okay. So I waited. The person had ordered a MacBook and iPhone to my house. It's not like they put in a different shipping address. They just were going to ship it to my house. And sure enough, like a week later, it showed up. And I call it, the way this works is Chase doesn't own a bunch of Mac computers and they can contra contract with this third party service that somehow buys Macs and ships them for them. And you can't actually return it to them. And then I went to the Apple store and I said, Hey, can I return this to you? And they're like, no, 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 you didn't buy it from us. You can't return it to us. And I called Chase. I said, I can't return it anywhere. And they're like, I guess you have to keep it. Like we can't, I don't know what to tell you to do. Um, so this one ha was like, you know, depending on how your time, my time, I thought at the time was worth more worth less than a macbook and an iphone for dealing with this though may, maybe the the emotional scarring of of this repeated problem wasn't but chase kind of gave me they were like no you could just keep it like i got permission to keep the macbook and you kept it uh yeah i i, mean, I, I tried what about the i went miles, to also what about they the gave them back they gave them back you got the computer <laughs> and the miles and the iphone this, come on now level with us was that a life it's a life hack you figured out <laughs> yeah I mean, yeah just put yourself out there get scammed hope someone buys stuff and ships it to your house and uh and then you keep the points and chase will refund them yeah so well but who i have a question now who who here thinks that i mean it obviously wasn't a brushing scam so like what 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 actually happened here were they was the criminal hoping to just porch pirate the the computer or that's that's what i'm thinking is they were hoping that you wouldn't be paying it you know a box would show up at the door and eh, i'll get was it was it your I get ups it. maybe it was your ups guy Ooh, all right no 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 <laughs> <laughs> so so okay so so um what, what do you know about this chris this this crime do you know that it do you know what the, what the mo was or I just know that they ordered it and they shipped it to my house and they couldn't tell me a single thing. I couldn't even figure out. I think they said they ordered it online. So they somehow got into my account. Maybe they reset a password. I'm not sure. It was a bit strange. And, and Chase is strange because if you have a business card, you're required to have two logins. And so I, there is a login that I don't use much, which... But it wasn't, it's not like I use it, just a standard password, right? Like I'm, I'm well past the state of using the same password for anything or anything recognizable. So I'm not quite sure how, how they managed to place this order uh, or what their MO was. It didn't make any sense. Did to you me. notice anything strange? Like for instance, while this is going on, was there anything else happening that might've impacted your identity or was this just limited to the theft of your points? It was just limited to this order. And, and of all the things you could order, I mean, I guess a MacBook's probably a pretty easy thing to resell, uh, relatively speaking. Have you ever looked at your credentials on Have I Been Pwned? Yes, many times. And how pwned? How you doing? Yeah. <laughs> I would say... How's it going for you? I would say I, I a lot, but there was basically a period of time when I was not serious about any security anything and had the same password for a bunch of random sites never for like banks or financial institutions but just you know like a bunch of things i didn't care about and I actually let's come back to this interesting story because there's something that uh 
there was an interesting scam that happened to me later. Okay. But, okay. So so but I'm I'm not t- totally convinced. I just need you I need to hear you say the words, "Bo, this Chase account was protected by a password, maybe even two-factor authentication. There was no way that somebody hacked into the account and stole my miles." There is no way that someone was able to do that unless Chase was willing to reset it on the phone. Like the password was 100% not a pa- it was a one password generated string. So th- there's no way. And I didn't get SIM swapped or anything. So I, I don't know okay. how how they got into Chase. All right, stick a pin in that. Tell us the rest of the story. Let's see, what was I was trying to buy like an Instagram handle for my company. And I could just sense that it was like not quite, it was kind of a shady-ish person. Um, and there's all there was this site, I can't remember what it was called, where everybody went on to like buy and sell social media handles. And what they would do is they would like steal them and then go sell them and then they'd steal them back. Oh, that's a, was it, we we have a lot of experience with with the, with the criminals doing that. And I guess that's- Yes, the, this person yes. was definitely that. Um, and it was kind of funny because they had, they had some way to steal it back. And in this whole process, one thing that happened, which really caught me off guard was- someone managed to send me a screenshot of a Google Doc that I had that at the time I believed was private, right? I, like, I don't know how you could have gotten my Google Doc unless you were in, or maybe it was a Dropbox link, but someone was looking at a doc that I had stored on either Google Drive or Dropbox, and they were trying to tell me that they'd hacked into uh, you know, my all my accounts. And now, has that was that Google Doc... For sure, not show, you never shared a link that you know person who has this link can view. Well, it was a screenshot, and I remember whatever the doc it was. I can't even remember the, anymore what the actual doc was. However, um, you know it was one where it was something that I shared with a few people. But I was trying to figure out what happened. I was trying to rack my brain, and I was like, "Gosh, this password hasn't been compromised." And I actually I can't remember how I got the person to tell me where they found it. And they had gotten into my an old Bitly account, which is a URL shortener. And that Bitly account, which I hadn't used in years, was secured by a password that has been on Have I Been Pwned. Mm. And I hadn't, I probably hadn't used it for maybe five or six years. Like it was like, I didn't even know what it was, but they had basically gone and tried all the services, someone with the password, email and password on have I been pwned. And when I went first decided, I think it was in the first, you know, security breach, I was like, I'm gonna change all my passwords. But at the time I had like, I don't know, 600 passwords. And some of them were for like old PHP BB forms I don't even use. It was like, do I really need to go change every password for every service out there? Or are there some where I could just leave it? And one of the ones I left it on was a URL shortener, not realizing that one of the URLs I had shortened was a link to a Dropbox file that was a PDF of a Google Doc. So they were able to show me this screenshot of a doc that that looked that I thought meant they'd gotten into my Gmail, but it or my Google Drive, but they hadn't. They had just gotten a URL shortener that took them to one doc. And the contents of the doc weren't the problem. It was the fact that they had access. Well, it's it's that it's the you know, they, they have stories of how financial institutions spend an absolute fortune uh, on technology to protect the data. And then what happens is somebody forgot one server 
And all of a sudden, it's like they're in the bank system. So it's kind of like the same thing, you know? Yeah, but this guy, I was trying to, for no particular reason, like fight back against this guy who was trying to scam me on this Instagram account. And he had managed, I can't remember why. I don't know why. Maybe this wasn't him. But he had sent me, he was like, let me send you my driver's license photo. So he sent me a driver's license photo. Matched, uh, you know, all of the photos that he'd posted on his Instagram handle. And the Instagram handle he would DM me with, he had synced to his contact book. So when I had bought the handle from him, it had all of his address book in there. And had every DM conversation he'd ever had. And so I think that was enough to get him to kind of stop. You know, it had like mom and grandma and like all these numbers. So he made that mistake yes. to you. I'm looking at it right now. It's like P- manager at PF Chang Trenton. <laughs> like Jersey, you know, like, Jersey wow. guy. All right. One of our Chattahoochee guys. High School main number. Cleaning ladies phone number, like, you know, Auntie California. So, but, you know, we had a guest last week, uh, Tara Wheeler, and she made a really good point, which was, you know, if someone walked up to you at a supermarket and said uh, they wanted to do this deal with you, and here's my here's my driver's license. See, it matches my, you'd be like, get away from me, weirdo. Um, like, it's so funny that what people do online, these, you know, which is like weird behavior, really, like. Here's my Chattahoochee <laughs> but it was phone like, number. What was, what was he thinking by saying, you know, yeah. I've been messing with you and, and here's stuff to prove that I am who I am. It's like, don't you yeah. want to not tell anyone who you are? Yeah. He also had had all of his DMs were so funny. There were all these messages where he was trying to scam other people before. Uh, and he was like, basically, his scam du jour was that he would sell. He would basically get a credit card and sell Domino's pizza to people. So he had this scam going where he would be like, send me $10 on Cash App and I'll send you up to $100 of Domino's pizza to your house. And that like, was his scam. That was his scam. And I've got all the DMs of him like running the pizza scams. <laughs> it proves that, it just proves that people are very, very resourceful. Would he like to come on our show? <laughs> <laughs> You said before that uh, you had your Chase account compromised, or at least uh, points taken from that one. And Chase did have a major data breach where um, member credentials, account numbers, social security numbers, logins, passwords, and all that were actually exfiltrated. Wasn't that the 73 million person? Yeah, I believe person? so. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, so, so that was it. Bing, bang, boom. Either that or my only other hypothesis is that, you know, for, there's a list of people who it's like these people are easy targets and then there's a list of people where we know there's gold you know right. at the end of the yeah. rainbow and yeah so it, it's no surprise to me that a lot of this all kicked off around two days after an article came out talking about how many points and miles i have so um that doesn't surprise me at all now as a life hack guy it, who's been hacked what what are we doing differently how come you haven't been hacked as we've been on the show yeah, I know. I haven't gotten any calls. I mean, I I, mute, I silenced my phone, so who knows? Oh, maybe, so you may maybe have we're been, done, yeah. and, and I'm getting hacked <laughs> as we speak. I will say for anyone listening, though, if you have, you know, if you put yourself out there in any way as as a 
you know, a, a bunch of points, miles, dollars, whatever it is, uh, you can also create multiple accounts. So you can have an account at an institution that has nothing in mm. it. Uh, yeah, and then, yeah. you know, open the other account in the name of a trust or in the name of a partner of yours uh, or something. So or by or an alias, but you know, or you can just be like me and be like, I don't have anything <laughs> to steal. <laughs> well, we got to fix that. That's a whole separate conversation. Uh, I'm going to send Bo a list of, of all the episodes. I've, I mean, I've, there's like 77. I'll try to whittle it down to like the five or six ones that you should definitely listen to, to level up points and travel. And we need that. Well, we I actually, that. I actually am just, I just, I, I have, because of, COVID, I've racked up a ton of points. Um, and not quite in the million range, but decent six figures. And I don't know what to do with them. So I'm going to take you up on that. Yeah, we've got a bunch of episodes. I'd say the show is like one third travel. Another third is money and investing and deals and all that. And then another third is just everything, right? Like, do you want to, we had an episode on having how to hack the best cocktail parties, uh, how, how to negotiate Things like that, finding happiness, uh, all that good stuff. So, before we head out, what is the best security change that you've made since you and I did the show together? I think it has to be removing my information online. I went through the, there's this massive list uh, on GitHub of all of the data broker websites. I first went through all of them and you know, manually removed all everyone in our family's contact information, phone number, email, and everything. And then to see how well of a job I did, I went and uh, signed up for Delete Me, um, which is a service that does it for you to see if they found anything I didn't find. That's Avine, right? Yeah, Avine. Yeah. And they did. Now, I would say th- they didn't find a lot, but they did find a few data brokers that still had information of mine, uh, and they got rid of that. So I felt good. But for me, I felt like a lot of the standard stuff, um, whether it's two-factor auth and you know passwords, I'd kind of done all that. I'd set up my alerts on my credit. I froze everything. The new things I learned, I'll, I'll just give you all of them because there were three big ones. One was deleting yourself off the internet. I had not gone through the process of doing that, and I am so glad I did. And that was one. Two, I don't know how big of a deal this is, but I found that there were two more credit bureaus, checks in Innovus that I'd never heard of that I went and froze my credit on, which I just, I'd only done the main three. And then I never really pulled the trigger on going all in on security keys. Uh, but I have since done that primarily because YubiKey now has one that's also has NFC. So it makes it really easy to use on mobile. Um, and so I finally went for security keys, which then let me turn on, uh, Google's, uh, what is it? Advanced protection, um, which I was happy about. I don't know how much. And these are physical keys. Yeah. Physical. Nice. These guys, you know? Yeah. Uh, Now are they, are they multi-use keys or is it one particular account? These are multi, you can use this with multiple different, uh, services. Maybe, maybe that I shouldn't be, but, um, Yes, you can enroll them in, you know, Facebook and Google. And, you know, I wish all these financial institutions would stop using only text message. I wish they would give you any kind of authentication that isn't text message. But Well, I think e- E-Trade, I remember, did that. And then they got breached. <laughs> but most of the banks do not let you set up, you know, time-based one-time passwords or anything like that. They are all... 
authentication via your phone number and you can't change it, which is disappointing. Chris, thanks an awful lot for joining us. And if our listeners want to hear your podcast, I know what it is, but tell them. <laughs> yep, it's called All the Hacks. Uh, you can get it wherever fine podcasts are, are hosted, probably wherever you're listening to this podcast right now. Um, yeah, we got a lot of stuff. Uh, it's not all, you know, I, you could have the episode I just talked about where I went deep on my conversation with Adam and then what I did after and then everything else from points to miles to happiness to, you know, helping you save money and enjoy life better. Or as Bo and Travis will tell you, I will say, in particular, you want to hear the episode that I was on with Chris. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you're listening to this, I know I would, uh, that was like the last thing I would say, but okay. <laughs> I just love having someone from a podcast that answers the question of our podcast title. It's what the heck? All the hacks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so it's time for the tinfoil swan. Our paranoid takeaway that'll help keep you safe online. So this week I was thinking in honor of having a life hacker on that this is uh, equal parts cybersecurity and life hack. What is? Okay, when you get a new device, especially one that's gonna be on your network at home, Name it according to a theme. What? Wait, back up. When you get a what? When you get any new device. If you get a new cell phone. Internet of Things device. Yeah, uh, Internet of Things device, but even a laptop, desktop computer, cell phone, anything like that. Uh, you you can name almost, it. You're going to yeah. name it. Yeah, you give it a name. Rosebud. So I'm a big fan of the Wu-Tang <laughs> Clan, and so all the uh, devices on my home network are named after... Wu-Tang members. So there's RZA, Jizza, Inspector Deck, Raekwon, Capadonna, just any of those things. <laughs> I met Inspector Deck once. Yeah. I'm exhausted just Wait, listening but to so, this Okay, list. but I still don't get it because my computer is just named Bo's computer. Well, there's two things that, that, that can be problematic. First of all is um, if you get onto someone else's network, you don't want them necessarily to know your name. So you want to make sure that it's something that you can recognize, but someone else can't necessarily oh so this is like when i go on a public network and i see that somebody has an account said i just did your mama right exactly so <laughs> crass but yes that that is a lot more uh, secure than apologies <laughs> to all the mamas out there but yeah no if, if you get onto uh, someone else's network you don't want them to be able to see something saying like this is bo friedlander's phone or this is bo friedlander's laptop because that means that they say like oh i know who that person is i'm gonna go after their files so it gives you a little bit more anonymity, but also on your own home network. If you see something that's obviously out of sequence, if you're looking at your own personal network and it's uh, John, Paul, Ringo, George, and XV7775 or something like that, then you know that there's something on there that's out of place. But that's the way it works. So like if you see your phone on Find My Phone, it's Method Man you're looking for. Exactly. It's <laughs> <laughs> kind of cool. So we're not we're not giving away any state secret. No. I'm saying that. <laughs> not at all. But Meth, look me up if you're listening. Um, yeah. Well, but I do think that it's important to say that the way that we function on this show is that Travis actually doesn't name his stuff after Wu-Tang. It's something else. 
but it's something as equally nerdy. No exactly. offense, Wu-Tang. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, everybody. Listen, thanks so much for listening. Great show today. We have another great show coming up next week, and we really look forward to having you join us. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a rating on wherever you get your audio. It really helps people find the show. What the Hack with Adam Levin is a production of Loud Tree Media. It's produced by Andrew Stephen, the man with two first names. You can find us online at loudtreemedia.com and on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Adam K. Levin.